Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jules Gill, it's 2024. We're no longer ill. We're smashing it, mate. We are indeed. But you know what, my friend? Go what on. you definitely do is a three, two, one, <laughs> stink. There you go, mate. Now I've synced up your audio for you. Thank you. You forgot I'll, about that, didn't you? I did a little bit. Imagine I t- getting this audio through from me and then being like, all right, okay, what, what's going on here? They're going to completely out sync. But hello, Look, it's everyone. Not, we've done many recordings in the past where I've completely <laughs> forgot this and then just spent about 20 minutes trying to line up our conversation again. So it's just, it's, a, it's a throwback, if anything. Welcome to 2024, mate, where we do everything <laughs> perfectly, including the start of the UBP, the UBP, the, the UBP. UBP, the Untitled Banter podcast with me, Jules. Gill, joined as ever by Scott <laughs> Tailford. See, I've stolen your introduction as well, mate. I've taken over. Double intros, mate. It's got to be done. Yeah, hope everybody's doing well. Hope they had a lovely holiday. Don't know about you, Jules, but I feel like watching the fireworks at New Year feels like a lifetime ago. I know it was only like a two weeks or something, but still. It's mad, isn't it? It's just like, I still think that you came up with the best quote ever when the big vid was going on, which was just time is a flat circle. And yes, uh, I feel it. Just I look at weeks and months just slipping away and I'm just like, wait, what did I just do? Either yeah. my memory has got bad or I've just entered that age of my life where I'm just like eh well eh, things like whatever. speaking of bad memory I can't even remember where I saw that that wasn't a, a, a me original I saw the time as a flat circle thing somewhere else uh, <laughs> it's probably some really famous quote for all I know but yeah. um, I remember that uh, that feeling but yeah until about the pod get through as many questions talking points as possible first one from Tarnished Yaz who says if you could have one selfish wish in the gaming industry what are you picking I want one Ooh. year of no new releases so the devs can get a break and I can catch up on my backlog hope you and the team have a fantastic 2024 Oh, Thank you. bless. Same to you. That's a lovely comment to start the day with. And you know what? That's a really good question as mm. well, because what would you wish for in this industry? And I've got such you, a ridiculous and, one. Annoyingly, they've set the bar quite high with that one because mm. it's like it's selfless. It's for the people. It's making sure that the <laughs> people who prop up this industry that give us these great gaming moments mm-hmm. are taken care of and they're given a break. And also that you get to work through your back catalogue. But maybe I'm going to be a bit more selfish. Do it. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to say... I'm going to wish for the resurrection of a franchise that unfortunately we had the final nail put in the coffin quite recently mm. and that was the Time Splitter franchise. Oh, My yeah. wish is that it never failed and became as big a global hit as Call of Duty is today <laughs> so that you would go for your Call of Duties, your Battlefields and your Time Splitters. Oh, Let's go, mate. baby. We had the uh, we kind of lived through the Time Splitters COD era. When, I remember when Time Splitters 2 dropped and it was like the world stopped for a bit. It was like this is the peak first person shooter. 
I don't know if I've told you the story of that one, but it was meant to release originally on my birthday, and I oh. got so hyped up because I'd. I, did you ever have like a homework diary at, at school? Yeah, a little yellow thing, L- little hate like it. pocketbook style thing <laughs> yeah. that you'd write all these things down. And I wrote in massive sort of like felt tip pens alongside the classic S, you know, you used to do at school, like slip not <laughs> S style thing, yeah. um, which was basically saying Time Splitters two release day on my birthday, and I was so so hyped. Got there, and because this was like pre-internet times, the uh, uh, store clerk was just uh, like what are you on about that got delayed loads uh, that, like like that was like how did you not know that so like, because i don't have the internet good <laughs> sir i have no idea absolutely gutted but it was an amazing game when i finally got my hands on it so yeah. so good that's a really funny thing that's obviously going to date me and you but there was a time before the internet or the time before broadband where i used to have to ring or i guess people would have to ring game shops to ask when things were coming out because all you had was the oh, magazines yeah. and putting your pre-orders in yeah yeah but <laughs> yeah. Like, i i remember when uh, it was the smackdown shut your mouth was coming out and i had to yeah. ring up and be like hey have you got a release date for Smackdown shut your mouth and every time they would be such a dad and be like what are you telling me and I had to do the, I had to do the, the point and go hey I get, I get it but is it actually out yet no right okay I'll ring back in the next day um, I'm going to go with a big scorched earth thing here I think okay. we should if, we, if it's one selfish wish yes. then I want I, I, I want like a budgetary restriction on all video games I think you should at Whoa. maximum be able to spend let's say a hundred million on anything because that would force a level of either gameplay forward design it would remove the the ability for some entities like the likes of um, Marvel and Spider-Man to charge Sony or for that development game for, um, the cost for Spider-Man 2 to be 360 million yeah. um, and it, it potentially would give the power back to um, the creators to say look if you want a Spider-Man game we're doing it for this much um, and I just I want to remove the bloat that's in the industry I want to have a, a bigger variety of games overall now I totally totally agree with you but let's just <laughs> remember the massive tentpole games that do cost way way beyond that figure mm. Like, no one asked them to spend that amount, but they did yeah. anyway. You maybe wouldn't have your likes of God of War Ragnaroks. You wouldn't have your Spider-Man 2s. Like, you know what I mean? There's, you're going to lose I... a lot of the top field, which many would say is the current peak of gaming. It's so true. Well, the thing at, is... Are you setting the... What are you doing is effectively... You're hampering the AAA gaming influence, mm-hmm. but you're not... Uh, disabling the indie sphere, which obviously runs on much less cost. So well, maybe uh, I am happy with that. I don't know. Well, that's, that's so. my thing, right? When I read this question, I was like, I would actually probably be fine just deleting that really top echelon of game production. Like if mm-hmm. you deleted the God of War, like the the way that they're made. Like I don't know about you, but what do you, what do you view as like the perfect era of gaming in terms? Because for me, it, it's like it's sort of 2013 through about 2017. Like the that's ability a to era game for you there. In terms of being able to like capitalize on a vision, like you think of the games that came. out out then like the last of us one and bioshock infinite and um the witcher and everything else like it didn't need to be lifelike graphics like the last of us 2 or red dead redemption 2 or whatever like it's so much money gets lost in just raw fidelity versus you know I mean, no one was playing red dead 2 going like oh i'm sorry playing um the last of us one going like well i can't get invested because it's not realistic enough like no it was it was bang on yeah like there's more you can yeah. do but i'm just thinking like the amount of money that gets lost in licenses and rendering and fidelity and cutscenes, and i like that stuff but i don't think it's the industry i don't think it's the lifeblood of the industry and i feel like we grew up with lots of gameplay forward games and they've kind of gone away you know what you would actually have like a knock-on effect that would actually be really good for mm. uh, some of these annualized franchises that are just 
well, absolute time sinks. Because, you know, we use, use FIFA as an example mm. of like, it's a game that is the same game every year. Like you're going to take, I don't know, like uh, Cardiff FC all the way to the top and the next year you can do <laughs> the exact same thing again, the exact same thing again. Uh-huh. And all they're doing is changing the amount that the people are getting paid for their royalties. Now, if you capped yours at the 100 million, they might suddenly look at it and be like, Right, we can only afford to make one FIFA game, but we'll turn it into a legacy game that gets updated each mm-hmm. year with small like updates, championship packs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You've then created a better game framework than you have by going, let's rip it all down and start again. Let's rip it all down and start again because <laughs> you're not evolving the, the, the formula. Yeah. So, uh, so I actually do agree with you on well, that. Well, I just, yeah, I just think of it, how do you get back to an industry that was having a, a more steady rollout of games overall and not having first yeah. parties like the likes of Rockstar, the Naughty Dogs, whatever, um, waiting five years, six years, eight years in between games. Like I, I just want to get back to a, a more steady sort of clip of titles dropping um, that have bigger games gameplay variation i'm just like how the hell do you get back to that and i see one of the the biggest issues with the industry is the amount of bloat and the amount of money that gets put mm, spider-man 2 mm. cost them 360 million that's that they, crazy money yeah it's like they have to sell i think it was like 7 million copies or 8 million copies to just break even um, yeah. and it's like it's a ludicrous thing and it's like I, I have to imagine that a healthier industry would cost a lot less overall yeah, in true. terms of the amount Very of money true. that's on the table each time and also it would um, give people more job security because when these games uh, air quotes fail to recoup these massive losses mm. like final fantasy 16 is still considered a failure by square enix which is <laughs> they said it was bizarre. okay well yes but they, they were like they kind it was of, fine. yeah it was okay which is just absolutely bizarre to yeah. think of when they uh, consider how much they sold for that mm. but staff layoffs obviously are come after these uh air quotes failures mm. so having a bit more security by them being like right well 100 million's been hit but you know at least we've made back that money and means you can keep your job yeah well even if, if they're i was um talking to josh about it on the podcast earlier in the week and it's like the likes of insomniac losing staff is crazy yeah like the, the spider-man studio aren't sustaining as well as they could be is ludicrous yeah. and like bungie with destiny and being a sony first party and everything it's like yeah i feel like there has to be a reckoning at some point and it's like if i could force that through i would try didn't um uh, unity or uh people behind that uh drop like 25 percent of their staff as well recently yeah like, yeah it's, well it's that's... a bad time to be in the gaming developer industry yeah man that, that's that stupid thing where john riccatello wanted to have a installation fee for every game that used yes, the unity engine i remember that everybody remember pushed that. back yeah. he got yeah. fired um but then obviously the the capital had dropped so much or whatever for the company that they still had to weather it and fire the staff like that's a whole ridiculous series of events um (laughs) but yeah question from a new year's gunner who says i hear a lot that a game is locked on an old system and it's a shame that they haven't been ported yet the likes Mm. of wind waker or twilight princess hd but i find that it can potentially hold up progress is it better for the entirety of a series to be playable in one place at the cost of new games being made well does it need to come at the cost because it's like it with these uh, online subscriptions that we've got like game pass we've got obviously sony plus um and then we've got uh, the switch online stuff mm. these back catalogs of games that are owned by the first party um developers surely uh, they should always just be on these online back catalog I would have said so. Yeah. so so then you've got like your lineage packages because somebody pointed out the other day that um <coughs> is it the secret of mana or golden mm-hmm. there's something secret like that. of mana been... being added to ps plus right now yeah, but there's another one that's been added recently to the Switch, and somebody else was like, um, "Oh, uh, Golden Sun, I believe it's Golden oh, Sun." Oh, yeah, they, that was just like last night or whatever. They're adding yeah. them to the uh, the Game Boy Advance collection, I think. 
but you can only get that if you've got the subscription. Where's yes. the option to purchase them separately just as a package? I feel like that's the thing that's really holding people back from mm. accessing these lineage moments, as it were. No, that's true. I mean, on um, PlayStation and Xbox, you can get them separately. Uh, like PlayStation mm. has them as part of the PS Plus uh, Classics or whatever you call it, the Essentials right. here or something. Whatever the top one is um, gets you the classic library. But yeah, on Nintendo's side, unless you're paying monthly, you, you can't access like, you know, Super Metroid or whatever it is. Um, Which is bizarre, to... isn't it? When you think yeah. about it, it's like, do you not want people to like play the original games and understand mm-hmm. where they came from because uh, we've, we've all done this like we've jumped into a franchise that's uh, maybe five or six entries deep and just been like what's all the fuss about yeah if you go back and actually appreciate it from the beginning then you're gonna be like oh yeah i understand the fuss totally and it's just like i think like there's ways to do it where i think you know the wii u's approach was like dump all these emulate dump all these roms on the wii u and they largely yeah. play with the same yeah. resolution as the originals and everything at least that's good as a, a as a way to access them um but yeah i i can't imagine the level of development taking that long to just sort of upscale a game maybe you sort the frame rate out or whatever it is I know that there are it differs per engine and generation yeah. and whatever but that should never get in the way of a, a new game entirely it's not going to take year, two three years to do that you wouldn't have thought anyway the um, interesting thing is though is that if you start messing and dabbling around with the past and doing these remasters and refreshes you mm. do end up with so many cases that we've been seeing over the last couple of years with them coming out and th- them just sucking they're just awful yeah. like, like the <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Definitive uh, Trilogy Edition That's for true. example or the Crystal Chronicle remaster it's just like they, these are objectively worse games yeah. than the original and i'd rather take the locked game that's on the old platform than go through this well my thing is as well like, i i don't, don't know about you but i don't care about them going back in and like remastering remaking the whole thing i just want the original available and maybe yes. you let me save at any point or something like that like just quality yeah. of life stuff um you know the higher resolution is is welcome or whatever but i don't need you doing what they did with resident evil 4 for example that game's yeah. totally solid but i i'm barely going to go back to that like resident evil 4 original still holds a bigger place in my heart because it was the original it was the first time we did that stuff so like i think there's a there's a potentially a way to do it but overall if i had to pick between the two um i guess i would still go with the new stuff if i had to if i had to sack off the old stuff i want the archive but i don't want you giving up on new stuff for the sake of it that i I see what you mean yeah because if you don't carry on the franchise the franchise is dead like the the, the past (laughs) always exists and unfortunately even if it is an expensive journey to get these consoles and to play these rare locked games Mm -hmm. that's one thing but i'd rather that the franchise actually continued and uh, gave people jobs and gave people more enjoyment overall yeah i just would be it would be ridiculous if someone wasn't able to make what naughty dog weren't able to make their next game because they're busy remastering the last of us 2 again which is yeah like that would be a a hilarious state of affairs which could be true considering (laughs) that's where they are at the minute um question from andrew J, who says what goals are you keen to get started on this year and what are you hoping to not repeat in 2024 like a bad habit or boundaries that you've set yourself that's a good one. That's like your New Year's mm. resolution, isn't it? So, I mean, for this year, I think that mine is going to be quite simple, but it is one that you all know from many moons of me talking about it because I'm quite slow when it comes to playing games. <laughs> I'm aiming to play at least five currently released titles. Like, okay. As in, day one, I will be playing X. I will be doing mm. this rather than waiting for the Game of the Year edition to come out because I actually do want to stay more up to date with what's going on in the gaming sphere rather than just relying on my nostalgic appraisals mm. of games and stuff. So, mm. yeah, I'm going to try and play more newer games. Cool. Okay. Mine was like, when I totted up everything I played last year, um, it was about 63 games, but Man, it weren't, they weren't crazy. all new ones though. That was like including like the Pixel remasters of Final Fantasy yeah. and going back through Max Payne and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, God, have I ever totted up the amount of money that I spend on 
on trying to keep up with the industry. It's most of my entire yearly wage. I should probably like, yeah. state that I'm probably going to still rely on like review codes and Game Pass <laughs> stuff day one. Like I, I ain't, I ain't going yeah, to go crazy. That. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. See, for me, when it was talking about like 2024 goals and stuff, um, obviously I'm all about the kid this year. Like little little yeah, tiny know, seeds man. arriving in a few months. So like I uh, need to get. I need one. I was thinking I should go to the gym and get like you know more in shape so I can run around after him and all that kind of stuff. But then I kind of know that I'm not going to really stick to that. I don't know. I'm like, I've never been much of a gymsman, so I, that's what, a um, thing. I, t- I tell you what, mate. There is one thing that is uh, I'm similar in the sense that I like going to the gym, but I've have been slacking quite a lot recently. Right. I'm tempted to get myself a one of those. It's called an Ergotron, which just sounds straight out of Peep Show. Yes, and it's a like a thing you put on your desk that turns it into a raised standing desk right i'm oh, thinking of getting like a walking pad underneath so i can walk and work at the same time and then you'll burn the calories while that's... you're doing the content mate content and calories together as one bush, bush in bush. a way that's perfect and then in another way that's like the end of all things that reminds me of How like a... the end of all things that's i mean like, like yes, a cyberpunk I'm, I mean, yes I'm just a gerbil in a cage running around <laughs> in like that thing well I, I go over to my little giant water dispenser and start nibbling on that getting Kinda. a few droplets i remember same, when i was like same time like ask me if i'm happy well that's no i've never could... been happy that's the joke <laughs> i went in not being happy i feel like uh, that reminds me of like when i was young like I, I remember realizing i could buy a mini fridge when i was like a teenager and i was like oh i could have a mini fridge <laughs> sorry sorry the realization like you know when you see like the baby finally becomes awake of its own existence and then it's scott just like wait there's a mini fridge a fridge that is smaller because <laughs> in my head i was like because then i was young i was when you were a teenager or even younger i was just playing games all the time i was in the bedroom i'm not leaving i've got to go to school like yeah. that's my that's my happy place that's where i'm, I'm very much content and i I was like, what if I put a mini fridge in the bedroom and I never yeah. have to leave at all? Yeah. That, that, was the, that was the end goal. So I'm and like, then what have you got there? You've got yourself a studio apartment yeah. inside your house. And then you, <laughs> there you go. You rent out the rest of your house. You're making a money saving. This is, how, this is what we've got to do to survive in 2024, man. This yeah. is what we've got to do. There's we are turning to do into the, um, like you say, Ready Player One cyberpunk uh, everyone's plugged into one room and they never leave it and you know what <laughs> fine if i'm not leaving this room at least i might as well not leave this room and be in better shape that's i mean there's that and i guess there's as long as you don't start wearing like haptic suits that like simulate you know like a breeze ah, right. or the rain I'm, or anything I'm gonna, I'm gonna call my mate out actually on this one i won't give his full name but his, his name's kai and he's like absolutely in love with vr at the moment right and he was just like oh bro i've had a really good time i've been um uh got my headset on that's got virtual desktop and i'm doing my work Oh in no! VR. And I was like, "Whoa!" For a start, the work the, the work you do again, I won't spoil which um, industry he works in, mm. but he is boring AF man. <laughs> like it is real, real dry. So yeah, exactly. So you've got to imagine it's like, "Whoa!" I can go around this Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> Whoa! It's almost like it's real. Whoa! <laughs> That, that whole thing, I don't know where you're at on that, but I don't get that. They don't get the appeal of that. Like, here, we're going to make it look like a monitor, but it's bigger and it's more see-through and it's less reliable. Like, and it, and it drains the battery face. on. Yeah, yeah, it's just in your face. Like, just strap a TV to your face. Like, I don't even... It that, can't like, be VR, good for your eyes, man, can no, it? No, <laughs> but it's like VR should be like a, an escape into another world or yeah. whatever. Like, let me be Spider-Man and jump off a building and swing or something. Like, I don't, I don't get the whole let's push to have a monitor in front of you thing. That feels like a huge, just a pointless step. Like, I don't... For for, for the sake of 300 quid so I can hold it in front of me, like. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. It's, it's, an, it's an odd vibe, I'll tell you that much, but that is the future, mate. So <laughs> what you've got now in your mind is you've got uh, me with my VR set on with my virtual desktop. I've got a virtual keyboard as well, obviously, because mm. I've got those haptic gloves that allow me to type oh, on the yeah, thing the, there. That so, wouldn't even so, feel like anything. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just punching the air. <laughs> um, I've got my raised desk, which obviously has no purpose now mm-hmm. because of the fact that I'm wearing a VR thing. And I've got my walking thing underneath there. So you've got to imagine, I'm just like, I literally am clawing. I'm like clawing a one-man band. Air. Like, a, like a sort of like, I'm, I'm just trying to dig for freedom. I'm digging for freedom. <laughs> Freedom, mate. Let's hey, go. but you're you're ripped, mate. You're you're very healthy. You're doing, <laughs> yeah. you're feeling good. Well, the thing is, is that because it's just the walking, I'll just have like buns of steel just from the constant <laughs> like uphill climbs. Just, uh, just really anemic, sort of like T Rex arms at the top, <laughs> and then just a big old booty down below. Remember when it was like the the push for like uh, controlling stuff with your eyes? I know PSVR two does it, but it's like if you look they, at certain uh, menus on on Apple doing that with their VR. I think kit, so. Right? Yeah. Have you Which seen that a... video when they the, you put the, the the their Apple's new one? You put the VR headset on it has a screen on the front of it so that yeah. like in the example they gave is a young child looking up at you and your projected face is what's on the front of the vr that's so terrifying yeah and i was like that's horrendous i don't Straight want my out of black mirror that 
alive. Yeah, literally. And it's like, yeah, there's so many things that just feel like Black Mirror skits come to life. Yeah. Um, question from Wayne Kiwami, who says, which game has the best UI? Their pick would be Dead Space. Oh, I don't know what doesn't. That's the bloody new Suicide Squad yeah. game. My <laughs> God, that looks so bad. I think I saw your post about it and you're yeah. like, this is atrocious. This is genuinely terrible. I just, I retweeted the thing because, um, yeah, people have been sharing a lot of, the, especially in the, in combat where it's just, there's numbers flying everywhere. Yeah. There's so many collectible things on screen. I imagine that when you get hands on with it, you can probably turn a lot of those things off. But the fact that yeah. they demoed it like that, it was, it, it's a very easy thing to laugh at. Um, yeah, that game, I'll be amazed if that does any numbers. I just don't, I don't even know which, hum, what type of human is into that. Like whether well, it's a Suicide Squad fan, a DC fan, yeah. you know, loot shooters. It's one of those games that's going to be immediately on discount and Mm. people are going to lap it up because of the fact it will just be like, oh, half price, might as well give it a try. (laughs) And it just seems like one of those like, like gruel games where Mm. you're basically just like, oh, it's, there's just enough here to sustain my body. That's a game. There is, there is no nutritional benefit to it whatsoever, but I'm eating enough paste to stay alive. (laughs) That's what that game looks like to me. That's a really good category to be fair. Honestly, that's the game for that dystopian future that we just described where it's like, I've clocked off. I'm going to, I'm going to go game. What game? Just just gonna game. I'm just gonna game for a bit, and I'll just yeah. I'll do some inputs and out- outputs, and the dopamine you know kind of flacks a bit, and that's you, it. Th- that's the worst thing about it is, is that you look at that single shot of the UI, and it's absolutely chaotic. It's genuinely overwhelming mm-hmm. uh, to the point where I find it quite offensive. But <laughs> in 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 motion, you can see what they're going for, even if it is delivered in a horrible way. Mm. It is the constant numbers tell you that you're doing stuff. It's it's feedback. It's synapses flaring. It's constantly it's keeping like, you engaged. I fun yet. Because do you know what it is? It's so desperately afraid that you'll stop paying attention to it and realize that there is no other substance <laughs> to the game so you end up just there like cool, jangle the keys jangle those yeah. keys jangle them right now and it's like okay well i know you're doing it so i just i feel like as it's been in development for so long i did a video on it the other day just talking about the fact that it's been nine years i watched it yeah, yeah thank you it. and it's like you know the fact that well we've waited this long for the next rocksteady game and it, there's no way that um that it can recoup the amount of money that's got yeah. into it and like the fact that it even if it had landed in 2018 even if it had come out arguably when it you know maybe there was a version of it that could have could have been released back then it would still would have felt outdated it still would have been in the shadow of destiny and destiny 2 mm. um of just being like oh my god we're sick of these defend the point missions or go you know to find all the loot and everything else yeah. like i just like i said i'll be amazed if it takes off i've long felt like suicide squad is just not it it always no, feels like it's it's, it's, it's it's just not an ip that people like it is not good at all. But the <laughs> thing is, is that you, the question was, what was the um, best what, UI? Which game has the best UI? And, and Dead Space is incredible. Yes. Because of the fact that everything is, is it diegetic where it's in the game? Like, yeah, I like, think so. Yeah. Like so your health is your uh, hood. Spinal thing column on the back thing, of your isn't it? Yeah. Body. Yeah. Um, it's that's that is a tough one actually because dead space does it in a nice minimal way as mm-hmm. well it never feels like it's constantly overwhelming the player but mm-hmm. you do have all the relevant information at any time so i the tell you what, one... my <sighs> mind went to the likes and it, the thing is if you're going with minimalism then um some games obviously let you turn stuff off like breath of the wild or tears of the kingdom is really good with its dynamic hood where yeah. like whatever you're not using it'll just turn it off so you can have a full screen thing that's a good idea um, yeah. i did make me think of stuff like persona like persona 5 uh, where mm. it's like it's like beautifully um, you know, animated in terms of the transitions, like the super stylized. Yeah. yeah, but I guess that's a little bit different to UI. I think ultimately, for me, I want I want more stuff like Dead Space. And other than Callisto well, Protocol, hardly anything else has even tried to do that. You got to think to yourself like, good UI doesn't necessarily mean minimalistic. Like, Not it necessarily, doesn't necessarily no. mean like it's just a cinematic. It's what is best for the user mm-hmm. and in and informs them 
about exactly what choices that they can make and mm-hmm. what they're doing. So I'd say that a bad example would be Fallout 4 because of the fact right. that you don't know what your character's going to say. Mm-hmm. So I guess <laughs> any any game that allows you to see exactly what dialogue you're about to speak and it is word to word what you're going to rather than right. just a vague approximation of like, oh, you're going to say something sassy. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um didn't Mass Effect have like a decent AI? Uh, AI uh, they UI? had that, yeah. They had a thing where you would like on the uh, dialogue wheel, you would pick stuff that like approximated. It was way better than Fallout because Fallout 4 was just sarcasm or whatever. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, Mass Effect was almost like a truncated thing. Mass Effect did that really good little, it doesn't get enough, um, like, champ, it isn't uh, mentioned enough how well that stuff is written. Where, like, whatever you pick, you might like the way that it's phrased on the dialogue wheel, but your character always does one better. Like, if you're saying yeah. something insulting, they'll really nail it when they actually go for the voice performance and it's like that's a really overlooked thing hardly any games even prioritize dialogue as an actual mechanic now anyway but i actually know exactly which one i'm going to suggest and it's because i've been watching and i just need to get his name up because he's popped up onto my feed recently and i Mm. can't stop watching his stuff and it's going to annoy me (laughs) uh, if i can't find it mr Uh, hood damn it i'm not gonna be able to find out he's an ex-developer um of uh world of warcraft and his name is uh let me just i've got it here it is keep making games uh sorry pirate software is the uh the youtuber um he's an ex um world of warcraft employee and Mm -hmm. has so much good knowledge and information about making games your uh relationship with games Mm -hmm. how they use tricks and traps to try and get you to spend money how to Mm. avoid them how to basically like basically how to use the act of manipulation for good and bad mm-hmm. within the video game industry and his uh little document uh he does little shorts but he does huge long form streams mm-hmm. that are incredible cannot recommend him enough stuff like However, that oh sorry go on yeah no no i was just gonna say the uh advice that he gave was um the reason that marvel snap is doing so well is because it was made by the people who made hearthstone which mm-hmm. is obviously incredibly popular mm-hmm. and they said that when it came to designing how the game looked and felt they had to make everything as clear and concise as possible and apparently the ui design and the ux team uh, were like months to years in development to make sure that this looked and felt right and as right. I, I don't play this game but i did watch some footage of a bit of snap, yeah. and it is so clear like yeah. like it like it's it's a game that and i'm not trying to say this to be mean to that it's, it's an idiot's game like anyone <laughs> anyone can pick it up and play it yeah like, i could i could imagine anyone understanding how to get there to grips with that game mm-hmm. um within Maybe a couple of minutes. Well, it's that was crazy. that was what I was going to say. It was like the um, that idea of a UI being um, simplistic in the best way possible. Like you're supposed to be able to take the um, essential information in as fast as possible. And I feel yeah. like a lot of devs, the Suicide Squad one is interesting because a lot of devs or a lot of um, feedback teams make it so that they don't trust the player. And it's always yeah. like we need to spell every single bit of this yeah. out um, as opposed to just exactly it. down this breadcrumb trail. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to just trusting the person. And um, but yeah, I feel like like that. I feel like back at the time, Dead Space was like oh, this is the new way the HUDs are going to be done. Everyone's going to do immersive, diegetic stuff. And hardly anyone ever does. If anything, we've gone the opposite way. Like, again, the Suicide Squad example. Um, But yeah, Callisto Protocol did it again because you had Glenn Schofield as the same director. But I wish wish more was done to implement HUDs uh, better. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you end up with games that do incredibly well, like Mm. God of War and God of War Ragnarok. And they are cinematic to the extreme in the sense that they, obviously, God of War 2018 was um, tried to do it all in a single take. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you had no breakaways or cuts from the action. 
and that was immersive. But as soon as combat starts, mm. all of these things like appear on screen, like health bars and stuff like that. And I was <laughs> like, ah, so we haven't forgotten we're a game entirely and we can't apparently find a better way of expressing danger and health and resources mm -hmm. than this. And they, if you look at them, the text font and stuff like that, I genuinely don't think it fits. It feels like it's just like, mm. here's a very minimalistic um, thing applied over the top of this. Mm -hmm. What did so, you yeah. think of um, the way Monster Hunter does it? Where like when you get an enemy or you get a monster down to like low health and they, they don't oh, have a health yeah, bar, they sweat like loads and they yeah. they, um, they they look like they're panting and they walk yeah. slower and stuff. I like that. I like that as a, as an overall idea to do more with. Um, but I always felt like they were in that sort of like oh god I'm knackered state for like yeah. twenty minutes and I was like well yeah. surely you're on no health by now. Well, that, that's that's the other thing about like going back to Bioshock Infinite. It's one mm. of the things that annoy me the most about that game is that in Bioshock One and Two you would just go up to an enemy, you blast them in the face. And and then you would just like, they'd be dead when they were dead. Mm. Um, whereas in this game, in Bioshock Infinite, you had the numbers popping up over their head all the time. And I was like, oh, way <laughs> to pull me out of a game. Like, this isn't like Destiny. This isn't that Borderlands. Was like... Like, I don't need to see these numbers. Take these away. Yeah, that was such a, like a trend for a while. Like Darksiders yeah. 2 brought that in where when you, because uh, that was more of an RPG, but like that whole thing of like showing how much damage you're doing, but popping meaningless off an numbers, enemy. meaningless numbers. Yeah. And it's like, you're not like taking it in going like, oh, well, that was a sick, that bullet was 68. So like, oh, that next one should be like 75 or whatever it is like I, yeah it's I know so what that dumb is. as well because you end up like going like oh uh, what's the difference between doing 971 damage and 999 damage when the opponent is on 500 health like you know yeah. what I mean? it's just like, it's like what's the point who cares <laughs> i was like turning that stuff off <clears throat> i think overall like my my takeaway would be less hoods in general um and try mm. and find ways to show like um because it's like the fight night series like you would have different cuts and, and bruises and oh, stuff on yeah, the person's yeah, face yeah, that was good, um, yeah. so there's like little things like that that you can do that are more in game but i wonder about the level of focus testing that shows that maybe players don't even realize or something mm. um, and they're looking for the bar they kind of want a representation of it and then because from soft stuff has taken off so much with just a massive health bar across the whole screen for a boss yeah. maybe that's the dopamine hit that you you know you're so close to winning or something maybe that is like more so satisfying. frustrating when you get them like to two hits away yeah. and they absolutely clobber you and you're like no that's no. one of the most soul destroying feelings on earth like yep. just knowing that you could have been free of this but you've got to go do the whole thing again yeah um, question from honest NPC who says UBP I was lucky UBP. enough to get a place PlayStation 5 slash Xbox Series X on launch yet. I feel like nice. if I bought one now, I really wouldn't have missed out on very much. How do you guys feel about the current gen? How do you, how do you feel that the current gen has been progressing? And also, would pro models be a thing if they weren't so present in mobile phones? So I feel like that's like a tech thing. Yeah, I think that at this point in time, if I was to buy a PS5 or Xbox Series X or S, now I'd actually say that there's a back catalogue of games mm. worth playing because mm. there is more than 10 on each <laughs> side. Um, but for a fair few years, it, it just felt like a drought. There wasn't yeah. actually much going in that wasn't, like the exclusives, at least when we were talking. There was a lot of games coming out, but they were just like, okay, what's the point of playing this over playing on mm -hmm. the PS5 over the Xbox? Now... A lot of people forget, though, that we've been through this before. Like, if you were an Xbox fan, you must have been feeling deja vu out the wazoo. Because <laughs> it, remember when the 360 launched and all you had was Viva Pinata and Dead Rising? And that yeah, was it. well, Dead Rising was awesome, Maybe though. it was like five months later or something. Yeah, it was like the next, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like the the way that they rolled out, though, like I feel like the the Xbox One was obviously like a desert. There was nothing there yeah, at all. It was yeah, just yeah. sand. And then like uh, the way the generation is now, I I'm happy with my PS5. I like I like having being able to crank frame rates and resolutions and have a nice smooth version of a game. But I don't feel like there's that many games on either side that prove that you need the system to run it. Like mm. stuff like um, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty, like that runs beautifully. It's actually designed for next gen systems, so it can yes. show everything off. Yeah. Um, Returnal is a very smooth game. Ratchet and Clank has really cool loading techniques and stuff um but i do feel like it's i'm still waiting for something where i can hold it up 
and be like, oh, it's this. This is you need to, you know, the way this game loads its levels fundamentally couldn't be done before because it's working off the SSD or whatever. Like, there's, wouldn't there's Spider-Man not... be the closest? Spidey's so close. Yeah, Josh was talking about that the other week, um, other day. Sorry, on one of the podcasts about like the way that Spidey Two loads its uh, does its mm. map stuff and the in the the opening where you're fighting Sandman and everything, loading the whole city immediately. Like, but way more of that would convince me that you need a PS5. There's definitely tons of recommendable games, um, and the PS5 version of like anything is going to be better than the PS4 one. But yeah. it's uh, it is a weird it is a weird generation. I think just because it's been so many pandemic years. Well, it's also going to be over soon. Like, <laughs> like, like, like people like people just keep thinking that it's just like oh okay cool eventually it'll get good eventually mm. again they're gearing up for another console release cycle pretty soon. Yeah. Like we've, we've had when did the PS5 actually drop? Twenty twenty. So we are well three well, coming into years, four year, yeah coming into four years and they have a usually like a six to seven year cycle is mm-hmm, that right mm-hmm. so they're building it right now they're 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 going to start the hype cycle for maybe at the end of this year beginning of the next year I think like I mean it's going to be very telling how uh, the PS5 Pro is received because like we know we're going to do another half step system mm. um, and whether people maybe people just get it because it's like a tech mentality like I want to have I'm going to make sure I have the, the best new system but um, I imagine there'll be quite a lot of negativity towards that just because it doesn't feel like they've capitalized on the the existing yeah. tech yeah um but yeah i mean like just last night it leaked that the nintendo switch 2 is coming in september um that'd be, like, that'd be an interesting time because we'll see. I'm, I'm still on the fence about this about whether they are actually going to go right we're actually going to put a ton of beef into this little handheld mm. device and turn it into a real con uh console killer and mm-hmm. you will always want to play your games like this mm. um on the go or if they're just going to be like look we can't compete when it comes to tech and keep it small and portable <laughs> and light so um here's just another weird little gimmicky thing and i still think that vr is going to play a part and i don't i don't know why i don't know why i just think it is I just be, it if is. that comes true that'd be one of the weirdest swerves for them but they did experiment yeah, just, with the labo stuff yeah. um yeah the rumor is that it's just like an iterative version of it so i was like call it the super nintendo switch and just ride that out oh like that's the, a good that's you know, a good bit of marketing that just one especially if you release it. it in those colors and yeah. you just go like look it comes with if you buy it now you get like a year free of the subscription so you can play all the old games yeah, as well. So they just go full on nostalgia bait by saying this is the future and the past all in yeah, one. Yeah, I think you like you do a little bit of the, uh, with the guts of it, but you sort of just call it Super Nintendo Switch and you continue yeah. with that. I, it's a bad example, but the most recent Pokemons were terrible graphically rendering wise and everything, mm-hmm. and they sold the most in Pokemon history. I yeah. definitely don't want them to repeat that, but it did prove that people don't need the graphical punch. They're, they are there for the games. So there's a way to do just another Switch kind of thing. Um, we can wrap for now, though. We've done about 35 English minutes or so. <laughs> I've just got Tervet. That's been Jules Gill. It has indeed. Thank you very much. And it is good to be back. It's good to see yeah. your face, although the audience too, can't brother. see it. But I can, my friend. It's smiling <laughs> and happy, and that's all that, can, that, that counts to me. So, yeah. And if you want to um, stay up to date with us, then you can follow us over on the Twitters or Xs, where hmm. it's at RetroJ, but the O is a zero for myself, and it is slash LP89 for Scott. And you can check his account next Thursday when he's going to be putting out the call cool for the questions. questions. Perfectly done. Thank you all very much for all the questions you've sent in so far take care and we'll catch you very soon goodbye bye bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.